I'm David Irvin. I'm a leadership development specialist and a best-selling author, and we want to welcome you to the Leaders Navigator podcast. The premise is simple. The podcast will provide you with insights for living and leading the authentic way so that you'll be better equipped to amplify your positive impact as a difference maker in any area of your life. What's uniquely special is that I'm doing this podcast together with my daughter, Haley, and I'm super excited about this opportunity to work jointly on this project that we are so passionate about together. So, Haley, always good. And uh, we are, well, what's on, what's on your, in your heart today? I love this time of year, um, being a teacher, I guess, like back to school. Um, I've just been having all these um, meetings with my colleagues this week. We haven't had students back in the building yet, but this week is a lot of like, it's fun kind of blue sky thinking because everyone has energy for big, huge ideas and what ifs and possibilities and things like that to make our school better. Um, so it's just a very cool, inspiring place to be in because everyone's got energy. Everyone's happy. Everyone hasn't like, not a, like we haven't seen each other in many months because of the summer. Everyone has good summer stories and a bit of a tan going on. Um, so it's very, uh, so it's a very rejuvenating place to work as we get ready for, for the school year ahead. How about you, dad? What's going on with you? I feel the same way about September. I have always loved September. I mean, this is the last day of August that we're recording this and we're moving into, you know, we're moving out of summer months, hopefully very slowly, Mm -hmm. but uh, regardless, I've always, I always get a fresh feeling in the fall and, and, you know, having, having, you know, gone through school and taught university, it's just, it just has been a habit for me. It seems like a time to refocus. In yeah. fact, I what what's on my mind and in my heart today is that I uh, I decided it's time to I'm ready to write another book. So That's I started exciting. to map it out this week and plan some time that I'm going to write it. I'm just going to take all the lessons that I've learned, at least at, at least some of the lessons that come to mind in my 66 years of life, and just write a simple little book about what I've learned about living a good life. I love and it. I hope that it'll be useful. So I'm just really inspired to get back at uh, writing another book. People have been asking me lately, well, have you written another book? You're writing another book. So I'm, you know, this, and you know me, that's the way I learn is yeah. to write. So this is my, uh, some, I, I used to think you had to know something to write a book about it. But what I've learned is if you want to learn something, write a book about it and then travel around and talk about it. So that's, you know, that's, really, what's, that's what's in my heart today. It's really interesting. I, I was just listening, speaking of which, just, just with that, um, I was just reading um, a work uh, by one of my favorite authors, and she said um, she her writing advice that she always gives to her students is not necessarily to write what you know, but to not write what you don't know, and how that just like opens up completely what kind of things that you can write about, because it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to write from your own experience. I mean, granted, she writes a lot of fiction and creative writing, so it's a little bit different, um, but instead of always writing what you know, instead of doing it that way, but reframing it and thinking about don't write what you don't know, which is kind of just interesting, interesting way of thinking. About I love it. that. I love yeah. that. It, it it makes it kind of an exploration hmm. and a discovery journey rather than a, this is what I have to report out. Exactly. I love exactly. it. Now, speaking of which, so we're so full of energy today. I'm, I've got a lot of passion. You, you're just came from a meeting with your colleagues uh, and getting ready to get back to school. So here's the question on my mind today and in my heart, how do we keep this energy going in our Mm -hmm. life? (laughs) And, and how do we sustain this in the day to day grind of -hmm. living? What, I mean, you're talking about it from a teacher's world. I'm dealing with Mm -hmm. a consulting world, but you know, life is so darn daily. Mm-hmm. And how do we keep that going? And you were you were saying to me the other day that 
there's some things in the news these days. What's hitting the press is this notion of quiet resignation. T- tell me quiet what you've quitting. been hearing. Yeah, so it seems to be a big buzzword right now on social media. What is it? The news. So the term is called quiet quitting or acting your wage. Um, and I don't know if this is a generational thing, if this is like, I'm a millennial, I don't know if this is a millennial specific thing, or if it's people are just coming off of COVID exhausted, or if it's a response to a world where we're constantly connected and constantly expected to be available with our cell phones and online and email and things like that. And then having those tools literally in our pockets 24 seven, what that means for the work world, if this is finally a, a bubble bursting in that regard, I'm not sure. Um, but I've been seeing this terminology a lot around where, so it's quiet quitting or acting your wage. Um, and it's this, this notion of recognizing that your job is just a job. Uh, it's, it's not going above and beyond for the, like just meeting the expectations of your work, uh, and not exceeding them. Um, and, uh, did I lose you dad? No. No, oh, I'm good. good. Okay, good, good, good. I, I was worried. We uh, we just got a bunch of thunder and lightning and I'm like, oh no, I hope this didn't cut out the internet. Um, but yeah, it's this notion of, I mean, and it could be seen from like, I, c- I could really see a really big generational divide here um, because my colleagues, like, and I've talked to lots of friends and peers and things like that. Um, and, and this again, could just be me, 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 being me as a millennial discussing this. I'd be really curious to hear about you from your generation and angle, but Um, It's this idea that like, there's too many expectations put on the average worker. We cannot be expected to work more than 40 hours a week without fair compensation. Um, We are not going to be available and drop everything at 9 PM to go and answer our boss's email. Uh, We don't need to come into the office on a Sunday. Um, But it's this recognition of like that ultimate work-life balance. Uh, And so it's popping up quite a lot. uh, In all kinds of different sectors and things like that, especially where, you know, some, some sort of, um, you know, sector where you're reliant on email and, and, and people accessing you at all hours, government working jobs, things like that. Um, yeah. And I'm a bit like, like I, I recognize the importance of it all too. I, you know, I was just talking to a friend of mine from who was at the wedding, Janelle actually. Um, and she was just saying how like that, a job where she is forced to work on a weekend is just not appealing to her. She just wants something during the week so she can have her weekends free and not have to have that hanging over you of your boss potentially emailing you. Um, and uh, yeah, so, and, and I think that is, that is ultimately the result of partly because like maybe this, the pandemic renewed this sense of, of that, but um, just that, you know, only doing what is expected of you to avoid burnout, which I think is very interesting. Well, I think there's two issues for me. Number one is this need for some balance in life. And I think the next generation millennials have come along and well, now said, it's even you know, Gen Z because there's even like the Gen Zs are entering the workforce, the generation after me. So those born since the 2000s are entering the workforce. So that's one issue is coming in and saying, listen, I'm, I'm determined I'm going to have a little more balance in my life. I'm not going to sell my soul to the company, to the organization where I work. I'm going to, you know, tr- be true to myself more. Now, there's a work ethic around that that I have some judgment about. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I I respect the fact that younger the younger generation are are more balanced and more clear about what their values are. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also an element of entitlement and being spoiled and think mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I worked with a law firm this last year who 
who have these, you know, 30 year old lawyers coming in and they want to be partners in the next five years, but they want to work 40 hours a week. Yeah. And it's completely, it's completely unrealistic. Yeah. You know, you got to still pay your dues. So yeah. that's one issue. But the other issue is this quitting and staying notion, yeah. which is this notion of, you know, resignation, but you, and to me, it, that's a slightly different issue because it, that's a passive, uh, irresponsible way mm. of grinding your feet instead of being upfront about it. Mm -hmm. uh, just quitting and staying and just, you know, that th th to me, that's passive aggressive where mm -hmm. you just say, okay, I'm going to, I'll show the boss. I'm just not going to invest myself. Well, let's make that a clear and explicit. That's my bias. And if it isn't upfront and clear where you get a clear agreement, this is what I'll work here. If it doesn't work for you, then this isn't the place for me, but let's be clear and upfront, not, not indirect and, you know, you don't serve yourself or your organization. You don't do yourself well to not be upfront about what you're willing to invest in this organization. And I think it goes both ways with that too, right? Like I think, and I also too, like this again, could just be me speaking as a millennial, right? And, um, but I think too, like it's recognizing, I think too, for like those em employers, um, I think to have, I don't want to say respect, for personal time, but I think just acknowledge that, you know, everyone has different amounts of like, you can't, like, if you want a partner and, or you can't be partner and work 40 hours, you can work 40 hours. Great. And then you're just not going to be a partner or you could really grind, um, and be partner. But I think it's that kind of that I'm really working with teenagers. That's a big one too. Cause a lot of them say, well, I have a lot of mental health struggles right now. I can't get that done. No problem. I recognize that you have these mental health struggles. I completely recognize that. But you know, then, you know, take an extra, take a fewer class, you know, take one fewer class, you know, get, take some time for your mental health. That's okay. But you can't, you don't need to push yourself to the same expectations as somebody who's not going through that. Right. It's okay to only work 40 hours a week, but then, you know, you're not, you know, somebody who's grinding and working 60 hours a week might be more likely to be chosen for those upper level positions at the same time too. I think, there needs to be maybe perhaps a bit more recognition and encouragement that for these people who do go above and beyond their wage, they should be compensated, not necessarily financially, right? That might be one piece of, of that, but it, it might just be, you know, feedback or recognition of that extra work involved. Um, Cause I think that's, that's where it becomes like when it's just a hustle and a grind and there's no reward for that, that can be quite demoralizing. And I think that's where that, um, quiet quitting comes from these highly, these, you know, you're expected to do more than just your job. Um, but there's no recognition or confidence. And that could just be me being a, you know, my generational values. Right. But at the same time, what I think is really interesting is just, uh, and you know, I was just telling you about this too. Um, we had a big discussion about Montessori philosophies and what that means for adolescents. I work at a Montessori school. Um, and so, you know, looking at, you know, what does Montessori actually mean for adolescents? And a, a big component of Montessori education without getting into the nitty gritty of the pedagogy of it all. Um, but a big one is respect for the work and recognizing that work equals earned competence. And with that earned competence comes confidence. So not to shy away from the hard work, um, but I think to understand the why and the valuing of the why this hard work and, and why is that work so important because it can really benefit all parties um, that hard work can be ultimately a good thing. It's just, I think it's that 
hard work, no boundaries, high expectations, no compensation, I think is where the problems come and why this is such a big turn, uh, terminal, like such a big topic right now in the news. Well, our, our work, we've allowed our workplace to just be insane. We're, you know, yes. we're available 20, yes. 24 seven. We're getting emails in the middle of the night. Uh, yes. There's no boundaries. Exactly. And, exactly. and I, from an, from an authenticity perspective, when we talk about, you know, the leader's navigator here, it's navigating yourself to your authentic self, which says you got to step away from the tyranny of the urgent and yes. really look at what your values are. Yeah. And say, you know what, I want to get to the top of this company, I want to be a partner, I want to put this company, uh, you know, my work and contribution in this company, I want to put it first in my life. And I want it, this, this is a major part of my life. And that's one of my values, make sure that it's your value, not somebody else's life that you're living. But if that's your value, then go for it. Yeah, but get real clear. And if it isn't say, you know what, no, I, I am not I have no interest in selling my soul. Mm -hmm. I want to have balance in my life. I don't want to work more than 40 hours a week. I don't want to be available uh, during the weekends. Um, then say that, but then don't expect something for nothing exactly. um, without, without paying your dues. Now, at the same time, you really want to say that just because I want to be a partner, I'm going to use that as an analogy, just because I, I maybe want to really earn my way up to the top of whatever that top of the organization is, we all need some kind of boundaries. It won't sustain you. Um, I have met too many CEOs. Uh, their shelf life in most companies is about five years because they're working 80 hours a week and they they just they they give it all. Yeah. And to be at that level, that's what it takes. Exactly. And if that's what you consciously decide, but it's it's not sustainable. And what often happens is these folks uh, give up their health. They lose a marriage. Um, they they sell their soul along the way, and you you really want to make sure that you know keep yourself in balance along the way to some degree, even mm -hmm. though you can't be in balance completely. Um, you know when you, I know I'm talking to farmers here in the middle of harvest, <laughs> you know you don't talk to them about work life balance. You just harvest and you but but you have a season in your life where there's a downtime. Yeah. And if it's going to be sustainable, you really have to attend to the, what matters in your life and to look at your life in an as an integrated whole. Yeah. And so oftentimes we just get lost in work. And I know that for myself, yeah. where my whole identity turns into work. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so what we're saying here is to step back and really get clear about what our values are. And I think a huge thing, like you were just saying too, right? It's, it's being mindful of what is an energy taker and what is an energy giver. And so if you're in a season of your life where you have to give a lot of energy, finding space for things that, that give you energy in return. Um, so for instance, like not everyone is in a position um, to work a job that is energy giving and energy taking, but primarily energy giving, right? Ideally, that would be the ideal. Like it would be wonderful if everyone could work in a job that is exclusively energy giving, but that's not the reality of it. And that's not the reality of it consistently. Um, but perhaps your family is, is an energy giver, right? And so I think it's just being mindful of what is a taker, what is a giver today, and what do I need, right? These farmers will be energy taking, or the, the job will be taking a lot of energy for these farmers during that season, right? But then it's recognizing to do things to replenish your soul and give yourself energy when that season is through, right? Um, 
I think the same thing too, like, um, I know some of my colleagues too, they get up early in the morning, um, because to balance, you know, family and work and everything like that, they get up early in the morning to read a book before work, because that for them is energy giving. Um, and so they have to crap carve that piece of, of time out for them to, to give themselves energy. Right. And for some people going out with friends to a restaurant that can be energy giving, but for some people that's actually energy taking. Um, so it's being mindful and reflective about, um, energy vampires, if you will, things that suck your energy out of you. Uh, and just being mindful about what you need today. And during this particular season of life, um, you know, is it a busy season for work? Then, you know, find ways of giving yourself energy. Otherwise you're going to burn out. You don't have energy left. No, and coming full circle to what we were talking about, how to keep your vitality mm -hmm. uh, today. And, you know, you're going to hear me say this a lot on these podcasts as you, if you, and if you heard me present, you hear me talk a great deal about this is not about time management anymore. It's about energy management. Exactly. And it's really being attentive to exactly what you're saying here. What takes your energy and what gives your energy? So at the end of the week, when you say I'm tired, well, I hope that you're that you give energy in your work. But if it is it a good tired or a bad tired? Yeah. Um, so good tired means you know what I was fulfilled. I uh, you know I was using my gifts. I was using my talents. I was really living my passion. Uh, and it's, it, you know, and, and I need to just have a little bit of a break for a couple of days to just step away from it and renew myself versus bad tired where you're not aligned with your, your values or your authentic self. And you're just giving and you're, and, and you're around relationships and work that are sucking your energy. Well, be attentive yeah. to that because I don't care if you go on a holiday, that's, that'll, you'll never recover from bad tired. If you come back and you're not getting to now, so you're not you know, you're not getting that energy filled, but so there's always jobs that are going to take your energy, mm -hmm. but make sure there's some balance yes. so that when you're away from work, okay, am I around, like you, exactly what you said, am I around friends that are going to uplift me and give me energy? Or am I going to be, uh, you know, if I'm, you know, just out of obligation here, I am depleted all day. And then I'm obliged to spend time with people at night that I don't have any that get to, that take my energy and pretty soon my personal life takes my energy. Uh, it really requires stopping and saying, what gives you energy and make sure that it's sustainable so that in the course of a week, you know, you're actually receiving more energy than you're giving in the course of a seven day period, or at least in the course of a, of a season of love life. Otherwise what's happening is that you just slowly and slowly, slowly deplete yourself. And then you wonder why uh, you, you get exhausted and burned out. Exactly. Um, we did a really cool exercise with work and I may have mentioned it on this podcast before, but it's a, just a really neat little activity to kind of get yourself thinking of it. That if you think about the, the most important quadrants of your life, we did it in a school setting. So we did parents, students, the ministry and uh, parents, students, the ministry and colleagues, maybe colleagues or the school community or something, something like that. Um, and it was, uh, you know, you only get 10 energy blocks realistically at work. Where do, what is the divvying up of those 10 energy blocks? How much energy realistically do you put into each of those quadrants? It's not going to be equal and it's not going to be equal all the time. Right. But if thinking about all of the energy or the, the, the quadrants that you have in your life, perhaps work, perhaps family, perhaps hobbies, um, you know, and if you only have a finite number of energy blocks, right, where do those energy blocks go? And is that a position that that is fair for you and for your values?
right? Um, you know, do you need to put more blocks into your family block? Do you need to put more blocks into your, your, your work, you know, quadrant, what have you. Right. And so I think it's just being honest yourself about, you know, where we all have finite amounts of energy, right? So where does that energy get to go? Um, yeah. And, and, and what a great uh, team building exercise too, yeah. where you get to know each other because Absolutely. it's really a value ex, values exposing exercise where you're really letting people know what's important to you in life and okay. how you support each other with your values. How was the experience to go through that? It was really reflective because I found that all of my energy was going to the students, but I wasn't giving enough energy to parents, for example. Um, and actually by taking some of those energy blocks from the students and putting it in the parents, that will actually give more energy for the students in the long run because it, you know, you know, by, by giving more energy to family, for example, right. You're going to have more energy left for work. Right. Uh, or there's going to be fewer conflicts or there's going to be less like fewer demands from your family. If you're there and present more with your family, right. You're not going to have the same guilt or, or anxiety or things like that, or fear of missing out when you're not with your family and you choose instead to go to work. Um, something else that, uh, you know, I thought was really interesting too, was I had, um, I had a, a friend of mine in back in university who was a contractor during the day, uh, and was a musician. And I had always heard my whole life, you know, do what you love, do what you love, do what you love. You must do what you love. You must follow your heart. You must, there's, that is the only job you can do. Uh, and for him, the contracting job was not what he loved, but the music was. And so for him, the contracting job was an energy taker, but the music was an energy giver. Uh, and so by working that, you know, by, but, but the contracting gig gave him the means to pursue his, his music career. Um, and so his, you know, his, like, sorry, I guess I shouldn't say career, but like hobby for him to really love that hobby. Um, and so it was just a really neat way of thinking about that, that it's okay that your work isn't your purpose. It's okay. If your work, it's not something that you love and you get up and get jazzed about going to every day. That's okay. As long as it, it saves you or like it either, you know, gives you enough space or means or time or energy or what have you to do the things that you really love, because when it doesn't, that's when you have burnout. Cause I think it's way too idealistic and optimistic to imagine everybody to have a job that gives them energy and fulfills them and gives them a purpose every single day. That would be the ideal. Yes. But that's not realistic. Right. And as soon I, as you've job- never seen that, I mean, I have a job that's very fulfilling. I spend the vast majority of my work doing something that brings me great satisfaction, but I still got to go to the accountant. I still got to sit down and with the accountant and go through my, my, mm-hmm. although I have an accountant that we sit and philosophize much more than we talk about my year end, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, um, th- there is a slogging component to all of our work. It's not necessarily uh, satisfying or meaningful in our work. And we just sometimes have to roll up our sleeves and and just do the hard work, do the chores. Mm-hmm. But if that's all you do, and that's what our, our younger generation has taught us, if that's all you do, that's going to deplete you. But don't have this expectation that it's always going to be meaningful. And that's the difference between living your, your heart's desires and your gifts at work and mm-hmm. really being fulfilled and satisfied in your work, mm-hmm. uh, but not away from your work. That's called a vocation. Mm-hmm. And it may happen away from your work. But if your satisfaction and, and, and fulfillment come away from work, that's an avocation. And that's, that's legitimate, too. Maybe it's just a job for you. And you're going to put your time in your 35 or 40 hours a week so that you can experience uh, your true vocation. I remember meeting a lawyer on a plane once and he asked me what I what I did for a living. And I said, well, I help 
uh, leaders connect with their authentic self so they can amplify their impact and make a greater difference and have more meaning in their life and said what and he said what on earth does that mean and i said well what is your passion and he says what i really love to do is play in a band on the weekends that's so cool and 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 my law practice just supports my music yeah and i said well then you're living authentically yeah. and i said so then you you don't get mad at your job because your job provides that opportunity. Now we also, he was a family lawyer. So we talked about how he connects with his music on the weekend mm -hmm. and how that helps him be a better lawyer. He'd never really made that, that connection before, but it's all about connection yeah. and, and knowing how to make, I mean, it's not all about connection when you're a lawyer, but he just made that connection. So we just had a really stimulating uh, a, a conversation around authenticity. I have a, a colleague, a really, really good friend of mine, actually, who emceed our wedding. And um, he at four o'clock, the way that he he loves his job, he's an incredibly gifted educator, so creative, so innovative. Um, but he was noticing that he was getting very tired because his work would get the best of him and his family would get the rest of him. And he said, this is not sustainable. I cannot do this. It's not fair to my family. I'm just working and working and working. And then I come home and I fight with my family because I'm not there all the time. Um, and it's not fair that my students get all of me when my family does not. Uh, and so what he started doing was at, for him, he set boundaries for himself and he said, I will be my best person at work. I won't, you know, I'll be completely present. I'll be grounded. I'll be, you know, give, give my best work at life to work uh, until 4.30. You know, our classes end at 3.30. So he gave himself an hour after to support students, to lesson plan, to tidy, to prepare for the next day, whatever. But he said at 4.30 on the nose, I'm going home and I'm being with my family and I'm leaving my work laptop at work. Because for me, it's really important to have that really clear boundary between work and home. I cannot work at home. It's just not fair. I'm not actually getting work done. I'm not there with my family. Nothing is, it's, it's a lose-lose. So for him, it was really important for him to draw that barrier. Um, and something too that I found for me, what was huge uh, as I told my students that I'm not accessible via, via email at 8.30. There was a time early in my career when students would send me emails at 11.30 at night and I would feel wanting to be a better teacher. My I felt obligated to answer them right away. And all that taught them was that adults in their life will be available at 11.30 at night to answer any question. And so I was losing and they were losing. Um, and then too, if I didn't get to it, if I was, God forbid, I fall asleep before then, dear God, and they don't get an answer. And it's about something that's due the next day. Then they get mad at me for not answering. And that was not working. Um, so at the at beginning of every year, I always say, Hey, I'm not going to answer emails. I don't open my laptop after eight o'clock. I usually do. I'm usually, you know, using my laptop for other things and I might see their email come in, but for me, then I don't have that obligation to answer it after 8 PM. Um, and you know, if it's an emergency, you know, that's something different, but rarely is it an emergency after 8 PM for my students, rarely do they need a teacher after 8 PM. And for most jobs, I would argue that there is a time of day that you can turn off the email. You can turn off the notifications. Um, you can close the laptop and just be with something that gives you energy. Um, and it shouldn't come with guilt. I mean, unless you're like a doctor on call or something, but that's a different situation, different expectations and what have you. What I love about that is you make it explicit. Mm -hmm. And you, you make it explicit to your, all your stakeholders mm -hmm. and you say, you know what, um, I'm going to have boundaries. Everybody needs boundaries mm -hmm. and we need to get better at setting up and establishing those boundaries. If you don't know how to say no, I can't trust your yes. Yeah. And so, and, and which is responsible to yourself and to the people that you serve. And it, it's really what I, 
would, you know, say that being responsible, uh, and I, I, it's it's like an eth- it's really to me an ethical issue, because yeah. you know you take care of yourself so that you can take better care of those that you are under your care and those that you serve, Nobody rather than being irresponsible out. and just quitting and being quiet about it. And yeah. just shutting down and not making it explicit. Have the guts and, and the courage to be honest. That's what I love about those two stories. Yeah. And it's it's recognizing for yourself, what do you need, right? Like, what is what is your, what do you need right now? Do you need to hustle? Do you need to work? Do you need to grind? Do you need to work for that partnership? Do you need to work for, you know, to to, to get the job done? Or do you need to take a breath, breath and rest and hang out with your family and go on a vacation? Uh, and I think it's just being really mindful with the time that you have to, to eliminate that stress about, I should be doing more with my family. I should be doing more at work and being torn in two different places and answering emails from your couch as your kid watches Paw Patrol. You know, like it's, it's just about creating those boundaries and, and freeing yourself from those expectations, I think. And that's really easy to say, but it's harder. To and do. there's no perfect formula. It gets messy. Yeah. It yeah. totally gets messy, but we're going to do it in an imperfect, authentic, real way. Well, this is always great. I just love uh, having this time each week to talk to you. Likewise. And we are it's just to plant a seed. We're going to start over the next couple of sessions, at least the next episode. We're going to interview and start to interview really interesting people who uh, yeah. have a lot of respect for. So we're going to bring some some new voices into our conversation every yeah. so often. Whether we do it consistently, I don't know. We'll just see where this evolves. But I look forward to that. Me so too. in conclusion, what are we grateful for? Oh, really? I love that. Uh, what am I grateful for? That is a wonderful question. Uh, grateful for a lot of things. Uh, I'm grateful for, actually, this was, um, I just, the wise words of my colleagues um, that, you know, I was, we were just having a chat about online shopping and my one colleague loves online shopping. And so she's trying to challenge herself to not buy anything online for a year. And the other friend said, don't don't do that. That's because buying the clothes and shopping and putting things in your cart and things like that, that holds a very important purpose to you. Right. And then that's, that's your thing and that's okay. And it's in moderation. You can cut back, but don't deny yourself that important piece of happiness. That's your thing, right? If that makes you happy and you're, you need that, then just be mindful with it. And so we were talking about, you know, junk food and online shopping and all of these vices that it's so easy to say all or nothing. I'm quitting. That's it. Um, but that's actually not helpful at all. So anyway, I'm grateful for really wonderful discussions with colleagues that I haven't seen uh, in a couple months. So it's really nice to reconnect with them. What are you grateful for, Dad? Well, that's that's wonderful. Um, I'm grateful for our conversation. Me too. Uh, not just today, but every day that we have an opportunity to connect like this. And I just mm-hmm. came from a long walk up the creek. It's hot here. And we just walked up the creek behind our house, your mother and I. And I'm grateful for that time. I'm, I'm grateful for the kind of life that I have to know what I value and to be able to have the kind of work that enables me to have, you know, some structure in my life. So, I mean, I could retire right now, but I, I have no interest in doing nothing. But I'm I'm grateful for it, uh, to have the space in my life to do what I love, whether it's to take the dogs and walk up the creek with with your dear mother or whether it means uh, having right a good a conversation. Book write a like new this, book or write my new book exactly <laughs> exactly and or you know to teach a course as i did with uh with a, a group of uh school teachers and their staff this morning so i get to do what i love to do and and uh for the most part it's really a very fulfilling life and a fulfilling career and uh very grateful you love your uh, job too much i can't see you ever retiring dad <laughs> 
No, I love my work too much. It <laughs> brings me too much satisfaction. Maybe I'll do it a little less, yeah. but I'll also be a little more focused in terms of what I say yes to and the kind of work I say no to. <laughs> Until next time, stay real. Thanks, Haley. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. <laughs>